Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. We're joined today by Tim Wheeler, who's Vice President Europe for WorkJam. This is going to be a good one. Hi, Tim. Hi, Simon. How are you doing today? Good, good. You, you well? Yeah, very well. Thanks, very well. Good. So I think this is going to be an entertaining one. One, because of the subject matter, and two, you're a, you're a good guy to speak to, so I'm looking forward to this one. You're too so, good. What a wonderful <laughs> Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. Time, time will tell and, uh, and ratings will tell, so yeah, my, my opinion might not matter. So we're, we're going to talk today about reimagining communication, so this whole collaboration thing and relationship with frontline workforce. There's been a big emphasis on it in, in lockdown in terms of how people have, certainly in retail hospitality, communicated to frontline workers, so those colleagues in the store that don't have an email address potentially or access to PC. Before we jump into the detail, let's find out a bit more about you. So uh, you can tell us about WorkJam in a second, but what about Tim? What's your career history? How did you get to be uh, VP Europe for WorkJam? Big question and quite a uh, quite a windy path. I You can tell by my accent, I'm Australian originally, so the, the beginning of my career was down there. Uh, I did an engineering degree and actually moved into the supply chain, so doing IT solutions, robotics and automation for supply chain applications and, and largely serving uh, retailers. Before I turned 30, I moved over to the UK to, to get international experience and, and never ended up leaving. So been here for 16, 17 years now, again, largely in retail, but also touching on industries like BPL, healthcare, food service, Petro. So quite a range of, um, of verticals and actually a fair range of applications as well. So a lot in the supply chain where I began, but I moved about 10 years ago to the store side of things and got my exposure to the employee experience and how employees interact with their employers and found that that's a, uh, firstly, it's a very interesting area and it's a very important area because you really should get it right because the frontline workforce clearly uh, is the face of your company. And so how they feel about the relationship with their employer is really important to the customer experience. Um, so really enjoyed being in that area of the world and was very lucky uh, a few months ago when WorkJam uh, were expanding globally and were looking for further representation in Europe. And we had some great conversations. I found that I really believed in their vision, which we'll talk about shortly, um, really believed in what they were doing. It's very privileged to be able to join the company and, and talk with people like yourselves about this uh, really important area. Cool. Well, we won't talk about cricket today on the podcast because uh, I being think English you and you being Australian <laughs> is clearly a sore point. But so, WorkJam, then, for those that aren't familiar with what they do, do you want to give us a quick overview of kind of how it helps? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to the problem that we solve, really, because uh, for many years, people like myself, yourself, who've worked with retailers and companies with a big frontline workforce, We've all felt that the way the relationship is between the company and the employee could really be improved. And we, we've looked at it as a, a very fragmented thing. So there are many different applications that a worker needs to interact with to do their job. Things like HR systems, learning systems, probably they have some sort of messaging, you know, let's use WhatsApp to talk to each other between a store manager and and their staff, let's say, scheduling solutions, uh, many different things that the employee needs to interact with. And they've, for the most part, been their own independent islands. 
these different applications. And if you put you put yourself in the shoes of a frontline worker, maybe a part-time worker who's doing a few shifts every week, it's not their main concern to be managing seven different applications in order to work for a company. Actually, they want things to be really simplified. So the WorkGem vision is, is a fantastic one. It's to say the frontline workforce should have one application that's really easy to use, really easy to interact with, that presents the right information at the right time, goes back and talks to other applications as and when it's necessary. We want it to become the really easy way that workers can interact with their employer. And that's something that retailers, for example, love as well because they want their staff to have an easy relationship with them. They want their staff with applications that they're going to actually use as opposed to applications that they should be using but they have to be chased constantly to can you please log into your HR system type stuff. And it really makes things more efficient, makes things easier, and it benefits the employee and the employer both at the same time. So the WorkJam uh, philosophy is to have that single platform, that single application, that single relationship that we can make sure the frontline workforce is getting everything they need in the best way possible. No, I, love, I love that vision. And my time working in retail for retailers before we kind of set up rethink there was always that debate about do you pay out and take the cost of every employee having a a work email address i think it it's difficult to justify that cost and difficult to maintain the the data integrity with retention in certainly in retail and hospitality we went through a phase yeah we went through a phase of bring your own device didn't we or byod and that never really took off. I think GDPR and data and all that kind of stuff got in the way. So th- this seems like the next evolution or revolution of that. Before we kind of talk about the benefits and, and things that people should really think about if they're starting to get into this world, we've talked offline about this a number of times. I think the, one of the many things that COVID has shown is how retailers, if we take retail and hospitality as, as the examples, they still find it really difficult to not have to use leadership teams in stores or hotels or coffee shops to cascade information. They've not got, in, in most cases, and it's probably changed and uh, sped up through COVID, a way of directly interacting with an employee. That, that's right. And I, I think the thing about the relationship between the store leadership and the workforce is that you still want the store leadership doing the things that give the benefit. So I think there are many studies that show that if that store manager is on the floor doing you know, some of the work that's, uh, that's required there, the, the productivity of everyone goes up and the customer service levels go up. And so actually you want them to be enabled to do the things that benefit the retailer. What you don't want to have them doing is is sitting in a back room having to uh, send what WhatsApp messages to a whole bunch of people just to find someone that can come in and fill a shift. Uh, that sort of thing can be very inefficient. So if you don't have the right communication systems in place, you really impact with a big time sink the people that you want out there doing the productive work. So we can make the store managers much more efficient. We can make the frontline workforce more efficient because instead of having to look at all of these different applications and relying on them to do that, which generally speaking they won't, you only have one thing to interact with. 
and you can interact at the right time. So if, to take my earlier example, if there's a shift that suddenly needs filling, you know, someone's become shift, uh, sick on a Saturday morning, instead of that store manager having to message everyone and hope that they see it, get a response, maybe actually ring them directly uh, on the mobile phone, we can make sure that that shift is broadcast to the right people with the right qualifications, and we can actually track has that message been received, who's responded to the message and how have they responded, and we can automate a lot of these processes that, that otherwise would be a really inefficient diversion for the people that you want adding the value. And like I said before, it's something that uh, the store managers like because it makes their time much more effective. The frontline workers like it because uh, WhatsApp, as an example, there, there are a lot of people that don't like giving their mobile phone number out to all and sundry. You know, you're a new worker that comes to a store and the store manager who you don't know who they are says, I'll need your mobile phone number. A lot of people these days go, I, I kind of don't want that. I'd rather have an application where I know how it works, where it's anonymized in the right kind of way with that sort of personal details, and everyone benefits. And the retailer themselves benefits by the obvious efficiency gains that you get. And the other thing that's important for the retailer, yes, efficiency, but also consistency in their operations. Some of our customers, for example, a franchise operations, really a collection of businesses all trying to do the same thing. And it's important that the company gives consistent service to its customers and a consistent brand and message and a consistent way of doing things. And if you can rely on an application that all of your frontline workforce use, you can do really clever things like little micro-training. COVID was a great example. Suddenly, there are new processes that need to be done, you know, cleaning processes, antiviral things that companies needed to do just to be safe, just to be able to operate. How do you actually communicate that with so many frontline workers and ensure that you get the change in processes that you want? Well, you can put a, we call it micro training, you can put a small video where someone, when they, they access this app, when they start work, there's a video there that says new cleaning process. You watch a video for 30 seconds or a minute and you've been trained and we know who's been trained. So we can we can make sure that in this, this new world of, let's face it, changeability, that it's really easy to make sure that all of your frontline workforce is exposed to the right information at the right time so you can ensure a consistent operation. As I say, franchise um, businesses are probably the most difficult in that regard because they are a collection of businesses, really, and we can give fantastic, consistent operation just because we have an app that our frontline workforce actually like to use. Just to circle back around on a couple of points there, so what WhatsApp you mentioned a couple of times, and we, in our study work, we see lots of local WhatsApp groups for store teams and then area teams and regional teams and people in XYZ number of WhatsApp groups. And it's always interesting because when you speak to the the central teams, they'll tell you they don't use WhatsApp. Yeah. I think at a local level, it's easy, it's free. I think the big challenge is it's unregulated. It's a challenge from a data privacy point of view of, you know, if I'm a gig worker in a gig economy and working 10 different places, a bit extreme, but let's use it as an example. Yeah. I could have promotional information. I could have pictures. I could have all sorts of stuff that potentially is interesting or insightful to a competitor or someone in a similar business. Right. Plus, plus there's the whole 
you know, it's unregulated, but if somebody's inappropriate on it or posts the wrong thing, because it's work-related, it could be brought back into the workplace. So there's a whole bunch of HR stuff which just feels a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but I can I can see how it's easy to download access, like you say, get somebody's phone number, whack it in, create the group, off you go. That That's zero cost and some effort. But the for me, the other bits of company data protection, people data protection, and all that, the rules of engagement around it completely outweigh the fact that you can just download it from the app store and crack on. Yeah, and I, I think I heard a phrase uh, recently which I like very much that I that I hadn't heard until uh, until this year. It's, it, it's shadow IT systems, and what that means is it's IT systems that are in place in an organisation, even though the organisation hasn't put them in place. <laughs> and I think what you've just described is exactly that. It's a shadow IT system where at a store level, say, someone says we should have a group comprised of these people for this purpose. And that's how it begins. And you're right. It's absolutely not a part of the organization's uh, IT structure, but it's most certainly there. And I think people think of this as a costless thing, apart from all of the risks around you know, information and HR and all that sort of stuff, which you've you've outlined there. They're actually not costless solutions because what you want from a messaging system is you want to be able to have your different hierarchies and groups and different types of messaging that go to different people. But that's something that has to change. So when someone leaves a store and maybe goes to a different store, you want them to move to a different group. If someone leaves the company, you want them to leave a group. Just very simple things like that. You can manage in a proper communications system with proper hierarchies and proper IT structures in place. With a WhatsApp group, you can't manage that at all. Someone, I'm, I'm quite sure this is uh, happening in hundreds, if not thousands of examples. There's someone who's on a WhatsApp group and they left that company months, maybe even years before. There are real dangers in, in these shadow IT systems. I really like that phrase. It was new to me. And, and organizations really don't want that. The fact that you can have a communication system that's anonymous as far as you know the number itself, you don't ask someone, give your mobile number out because you have to. It's a messaging system via an app. So it's anonymous to the frontline employee, but that you can manage in a proper way as a proper IT system with the right hierarchies, with the right changes. Um, maybe even it, in some instances, you want everyone in the store to get the message. In some instances, you only want people with a certain badge, let's say. So people that are allocated as a certain type of worker get a certain type of message. No one else needs to. If you have these generic systems, everyone has to get every message or else you compound the shadow IT problem with many, many, many different uh, uncontrolled groups. So being able to focus your communications is really important. And as you say, the COVID experience really brought to the fore that this was an area where there usually weren't formal and good solutions in place. And so that's something that we we solved. But I think we, we, we see it as being much more than just a communications application because actually one of the other problems when you have, let's say, seven different applications that you'd like a frontline worker to be using is they each do their own thing and the connections between them are usually quite poor. And usually when you look at what a frontline worker needs to do, it's it's a sequence of these different applications being used at a different uh, time. And let me give an example of, of what I mean. If you need to execute a promotion in stores 
or a new changed process of some kind. You need to execute something. You might want a task type solution to actually walk the organization through the steps that need to be taken to do this thing correctly. You probably also want to monitor progress. So you want status auditability in, in, in what you do. But you probably also want some kind of feedback loop where you say, these stores did a fantastic job. When we looked at the video walkthrough to verify the execution, we found that store number 22 actually hadn't done a very good job. So let's give a special training course, a micro-training, a short video or short, you know, some documentation, some kind of micro-training just to that store so that they can improve on a process which was difficult to them. And then let's give the badge at the end of it that says you've done the course, the micro-training to improve the particular process, and you are now enabled to take shifts that require that particular skill in future. Very typical process. Just execute something, monitor the execution, have a feedback loop, and then address any quality issues that, that happen. But that's actually moving around between a number of different application types that would typically be quite separate for an organization and for their frontline workforce. What we do is we make sure that the flow and the relationship between these different parts is, uh, first of all, invisible to the frontline workforce. They just see one process, one flow. Uh, they just see, you know, we've done a process, then we've done a training, then we're getting allocated shifts. So we make it very easy for them to do, and we drive that continual improvement and efficient operation through having this one application. There's been a challenge in retail, which is ironic because the whole bring your own device thing was about putting lots of applications, I think, on people's devices, which to a degree might not have happened from a stock counting point of view, but they might have WhatsApp, they might have Yammer, they might have, um, I don't know, Facebook Messenger, whatever it, it might be from a comms point of view. I suspect there's already, well, we are already in a place where colleagues have got two, three, four, five apps for different groups, different things, different processes. If I was a retailer embarking on a big change program, theoretically then I could use something like WorkJam to embed the change, i.e. it's a new application, this is how it looks. And then when other solutions, my workforce management, my learning solution, stock counting, whatever it might be, came online, it just becomes another piece of that existing app. So I've not got new look and feel UI to deal with. It becomes a growing part of WorkJam rather than here's another three apps with different looks and feels, different user navigation to get accustomed to. Is that fair? That's a that's a really key point. And it's a subject that I love is change management because if it's done well, it's of such benefit to a retailer or an organization, but it can also be done very poorly, in which case you don't get the ROI benefits uh, of your IT projects that you think you should get and you frustrate the people in a company. So change management is a very critical thing. And what I've noticed talking to uh, a lot of retailers over the last few months is that they're planning on uh, entering the new normal, whatever you want to call it, via usually a couple of different things that they'll be wanting to do in 2021 uh, and beyond. So they may be looking at three different, what I think of as subsystems, that need some sort of work or change. And I think they have a real stark choice where you don't have something like WorkJam in place. If you're looking at changing three systems, 
then you're basically saying we're going to impact our frontline workforce with a big change process three times over the next year or two years or however long the program is. And I think we all know we don't want to impact the frontline workforce because that's very costly. And we don't want to give the organization change fatigue. You've just finished one change. Okay, here's number two. And then there's number three coming uh, down the line after that. What we can do with WorkGen, because we are that one interface that the frontline workforce uses, if we're in place, then the changes that are happening under the surface are not visible to the frontline workforce. So they're still using WorkJam. We may add something into the WorkJam application. If you add uh, a system in the background, they may suddenly see that they have uh, a new type of training course or a new documentation or something that they see within the WorkJam app. But it's the same app. So there's not a big change management program. So instead of saying to the frontline workforce, we're going to impact you three times in the coming year or two, we say we're going to do a change once. It's a change which has very obvious benefits and the employees will adopt and will like the new solution that we put in place, and that is WorkJam. And after that, change that impacts the front line is absolutely minimised. So, uh, you know, we deliver benefits uh, ourselves in efficiency and ease of use, customer service, lower turnover, these kind of things. But I think it's a really big benefit in, in the year or two to come because so many companies are planning change programs. Actually minimising that impact on the frontline workforce is, I think, a huge benefit. It's, it's so costly to do change. And I assume, I mean, I'm not a massively IT technical person, but from an, an IT point of view, it must become easier in terms of their portfolio products or ways of thinking about how future state looks to think about how all that plugs in to one solution. I, I think so. And I think it's how you evolve um, this over time. What's a very common approach is to uh, solve the most pressing uh, problems first. And that may be a communications problem. It may be, uh, you know, we can't get the front line to engage with their mobile scheduling system. It doesn't matter. There'll be a particular pressing need. Put the work jam solution in place to solve the pressing issues. And over time, you build out the functionality that is inside that frontline app. So it doesn't have to be a do everything uh, right from the start because once it's in place, you can absolutely add to it, supplement it with new benefits. And again, it's not an impactful change program um, every time. It really is a, you know, oh, goodness me, I've got this new benefit uh, that's just come up within my app. Isn't that great? It's a really important um, fact. Like I say, I think... uh, because 2020 has been such a striking year, <laughs> I'm not sure what words to use. Um, we've kind of we've got through the initial shock and we're, we're moving into this phase of, of just being resilient to the sort of changes that are going, you know, local lockdowns and the winter flu season that's coming. But I think 2021 really is going to be the year of digital transformations and, and really putting into the new model the things that need to be there and the role that WorkGen plays in that is, is I think, handle the frontline workforce first, give them something that gives them really obvious benefit and then minimise the impact of the future change whilst getting all of the advantage of it. And that's actually a key point as well is, is any IT project has an ROI associated with it that's required. When you have WorkGen in place, 
you get a better ROI from all of the other solutions because one of the, 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 the necessary parts of any solution is adoption and usage. And if adoption and usage is far higher because of the single app that we are than it would be otherwise, then the ROI that you get from all of the other change elements that you're going to do is increased, is, is far greater than it would have been without WorkJam in place. No, I can see that. I can see how it pulls it all together and gives you the the compliance and the the metrics or the the feedback loop that uh, maybe doesn't exist or or indeed, as you say, is in five or six different solutions that then somebody has to collate and send out and probably get sent out as part of some WhatsApp group. So no, I can I can see all that stuff. If people want to find out more about WorkJam and you, where's the best place for them to get in touch, Tim? Well, we have a uh, website, workjam.com. I can be contacted by anyone at any time at tim.wheeler at workjam.com. So very happy to hear any questions or inquiries that anyone has. Obviously, if they come to you, they will, uh, I'm sure, get to uh, get to me as well. And so many different ways to, uh, to get to us and really happy to talk to anyone. And, and thank you for having me today. Good. See, so you don't get away without the final podcast question, which is what? <laughs> What's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given? The best bit of business advice? Well, I, I've always been in the business of providing solutions. And I think the, the best advice I've ever got is to to see yourself as someone who's solving customers' problems. I think, that, you know, we, we work for a, a solution provider, a vendor, and, and I think if you see yourself as having a thing, that you need to convince people that they need, it, it really is the wrong approach. I think the approach is what are the problems that a business, uh, a potential customer or a customer is actually facing and just solve their problems. And I, I really believe in that. I, I see myself as a as a problem solver and, and obviously uh, with that mindset, I love working for companies that have great solutions because it means you can have a proper problem-solving conversation and then sometime later sit back and look at the fantastic solution that's been put in place. So view yourself problem-solver, I think, is uh, what comes to mind. Listen, it's been it's been great to catch up. We didn't talk about cricket, which is good. Well, you uh, did twice, actually. Well, yeah, <laughs> not, not in detail. Not in detail. Let's not going to that. But no, it's a, it's a pleasure having you on. It's always good to catch up. Appreciate it. Look after yourself. Yeah, really appreciate it, Simon. Thanks, mate. Have a great day.